This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. Welcome to Coastal Sermons, a weekly podcast designed to inspire and instruct people in walking out their faith. These are recordings of our Sunday gatherings where we broadcast the weekly messages from our campus in beautiful seaside Berlin, Maryland. Find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or find our full video library on our YouTube channel at Coastal Community Church in Maryland. In the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about complaining, we've been talking about criticizing, and today we're going to talk about gossip, and this is a tough one. This is a tough one, especially in the church. Uh, I don't know what it is about the church, but people in church love, love, love to gossip. And Christians are funny. Christians gossip in a way that sounds spiritual. They, they, they say, hey, uh, have you heard about so-and-so? And they're like, no. And they said, we should really pray for this person. So, so gossip kind of goes through, through a, a network of praying. And they go, well, tell me more so I know how I should pray. I think one of the reasons why gossip is so prevalent in, in churches is because the enemy knows how much damage can occur through gossip. Listen to Psalms 18, or Proverbs 18, verse 8. It says, The words of a gossip are like tasty bits of food, like morsels, if you would. People like to gobble them up. Gossip is like Lay's potato chips. You can't just eat one. Once you get a taste, you get a taste of that salt. You go, I need to have more and more and more. We just can't get enough. And as Christians, we, we say this, we justify our gossip. If it's not through prayer, uh, we, we'll say something like this. We'll say, well, if it's true, then it's not gossip. I heard a great quote from a pastor who helped us put together this message. His name is Craig Rochelle, and we borrowed a lot of the series from him. He, he said this, he said, everything that is said must be true, but not everything that is true must be said. I like that. I'm going to read it again. Everything that is said must be true, but not everything that is true must be said. You see, gossip is tasty. Gossip is fun until the gossip is about you. And every person in this room has felt the sting of gossip, the pain of gossip. We've said this over the last couple of weeks. We, 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 we've said this. We said, in each of us, we carry the power of life and death. A proverb says that the tongue, that our words carry the power of life and death. And as Christians, our responsibility is to build people up, not tear them down. As believers, we're called to speak life encouragement. And and although most of us would never intend to hurt anyone, oftentimes our words hurt others. Gossip hurts others. I want to share with you three people that gossip can hurt. The first one is this. Gossip hurts the person who's spoken about. And you know this is true. Gossip hurts the person who's spoken about. Proverbs 16, 28 says this. A troublemaker plants seeds of grief. Gossip separates the best of friends. And some of you have experienced this verse firsthand. You know the pain. You know the separation. Maybe it was a family member or a friend that that relationship got severed because of gossip. 
Uh, when I saw this this week, I was thinking about, I never even gave thought to this at all until this week, but years and years and years ago, when I was in elementary school, maybe first or second grade, we had a, a kid who lived across the street from me. His name was Nilsson, and uh, we didn't have a whole lot of kids my age in our community, but Nilsson and I were in the exact same grade, we were the exact same age. And uh, uh, one day, Nilsson was over the house, and I shared with him something that was personal. It was private. And I remember, I remember a couple days later, we were in the library at Park Avenue School in Connecticut. We're in the library, and a couple of kids came and started teasing me, telling me stuff that they heard that I had shared with Nilsson firsthand. Now, I never connected the dots of this to this week, but uh, one of the things that I, I recognized this week was this. After that day, I never shared anything significant with Nelson ever again. Even as a five, six, seven-year-old, our friendship based on his mistrust. Now, you said you should have forgave. You should have given grace. I, I get all that. I, I realized this week that my relationship with him from that day forward was never, ever the same because he broke trust with me. It, it, nobody taught me that. It, it, there was something eternal. There was something uh, in, in me that I said, I'm going to be cautious around him. When we gossip, it hurts the person that's spoken about. Gossip is tasty until it's about you, and then it hurts. It hurts the person that is being spoken about. The second is this gossip hurts the listener. We get the first one, the first, of course, it hurts. We, but, but the second and third, we miss. Gossip hurts the listener. Proverbs 17, verse 4 says this. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Wrongdoers easily listen to gossip. So if you listen to gossip, you are in the wrong. But we justify ourselves. We say, I'm not participating. I'm just listening. Right? It's not going to go any further than me, but, I, but I'm just going to hear what they have to say. Understand what you permit, you promote. What you permit, you promote. If you allow someone to speak poorly about someone else, you are promoting what they are saying by your inaction. Even if you say nothing in response, when they leave that conversation, that individual is going to believe that you're in agreement with them because you didn't say anything. You didn't go, no, I don't think that's true. You didn't defend that person. And that person is going to walk away. Even though you didn't say a word, that person is going to walk away going, he agrees with what I said. It hurts the listener. Gossip first hurts the person it's spoken about, but it also hurts the listener. Third, gossip hurts the speaker. Gossip hurts the one who's spreading the news. Proverbs 25 says this, when arguing with your neighbor, do not betray another person's secrets. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain, regain, regain your good reputation. Building a good reputation takes a lifetime, but it's quickly lost by gossiping. Listen, think about it for a second. Think about a person that you know, maybe even when I brought up this, this message, immediately a picture came to somebody, uh, of somebody in your mind. You go, yeah, I know. I know someone who talks a lot. They, uh, listen, when someone talks with you a lot, when someone gossips with you, no one ever looks at that person speaking gossip and thinks, man, I would love to be like you one day. Your level of respect 
dwindles for that individual. Why? Because you know this, you know this, you know this. The second they stop talking to you, they will start talking about you. Ever thought that before you go, if they're saying this about them, what do they say about me to other people? Your level of respect for that person goes down. So the person who speaks the gossip is hurt too. Gossip hurts everyone. So the question for us this morning, according to scriptures, what do we do to stop or avoid gossip in our lives? Two easy points. The first one is this. The Bible would teach us to guard your ears. Some psychologists would suggest that if, if, if you have a person who's speaking gossip to you, to you that you should ask them uh, one or two questions. The first question you would ask them is this. If someone is speaking gossip to you, you simply ask them this question. Why are you telling me this? That question alone oftentimes will close the door to a God. Why are you telling me this? If it's a sincere inquiry of that, uh, of that person, uh, they'll take a moment and they'll question the purpose and the gossip could stop there right away by asking them why that person might just pause for a moment and take inventory. And, so, well, uh, and, and they may have a justified reason why they would tell you, but often, more often than not, they're going to go, well, I just thought you'd want to know. It's kind of juicy. I thought, you know, this is what we do. We kind of share information with one another. You ask the person, why are you telling me this? The second thing you could ask them uh, to kind of diffuse the situation, you go, have you talked to that person about this? And 98% of the time in those situations, they're going to go, no. And they go, well, before you talk to me about this, maybe you should ask them, is it true? Is it, is it something that maybe there's more information to the story that, than you've gathered? Is it beneficial for you to be sharing this? Maybe you should talk, maybe you should go to what? The horse's mouth. Ask them about it. Those two questions will help you guard your ears when it comes to gossip. Jesus talks about uh, the, the idea of conflict between believers. In Matthew 18, he says this. He says, if another believer sins against you, you should go privately and point out their offense to them. If the other person listens and confesses, you have won that person back. There's a level of respect when you, rather than talking about somebody else, when you go to that person, you say, you know, out of a heart of concern, as a brother or sister, you go, I, I, I've heard this and I want to come to you to ask you about this. Most of us would appreciate that. Most of us would appreciate rather than our news getting or, or gossip about us getting spread throughout a network of people or community, we would love for someone to come to us and go, because I care for you, I want to talk to you about this. The Bible says that you'll win the respect, you'll win that person back. Say, what do you do if, if there's someone around you who continues, they don't, they don't get the hint, you ask them the questions. Why are you asking me this? Have you talked with them? And they continue to pour poison you. What should you do? The Bible gives us an answer. The Bible says this. The Bible says that you should separate, that you should distance yourself. You go, that doesn't sound scriptural. Look at it, Proverbs chapter 20. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. Just come to a place where you go, you know what? I'm not going to hang around those people. Why? Because every time I'm with them, I get sucked in because I can't eat just one. 
And I go there and I go, I'm going to behave. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, not get sucked into their, their stuff. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, they're talking and I'm talking, they're talking. And then we're solving the world's problems, right? We're not really solving anything. We're just gossiping. So don't hang around with them. Simple, clear instructions from the book of Proverbs. So first, we're going to guard our ears. Here's the second one. We're almost done. We're going to close our mouths. Close our mouths. I'm embarrassed to confess to you that over the last couple of years, I felt the Holy Spirit numerous times. Just, I'll be in a conversation with someone and I'll just feel... Call it what you want, the, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit, a, a feeling inside of me. Uh, it's just kind of a direction, a warning flag, danger, danger. I'll, I'll, I'll get this nudge and I'll feel the Holy Spirit say, don't say that. Don't talk about it. Don't go there in this situation. And I'll hear that voice. And the temptation for me oftentimes is to go, yeah, this isn't going to hurt anything. And what ends up happening? Your mouth gets you in trouble. You say too much. Man, I've been asking the Holy Spirit to help me. When I hear that voice, when I get that warning, when, when, when that situation arises, just be quiet, Brian. Just stop talking. Maybe you could relate to that. Proverbs 21, 23 says this. This could be our life verse. This could be the verse for the entire series. It says, watch your tongue, keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. I feel like for my own life, that has to be tattooed on me someplace. Watch your tongue, keep your stupid, it doesn't say that, but keep your stupid mouth shut. And you'll stay out of trouble. It's a very simple technique found in God's word. Just close your mouth. Uh, Listen, this would be a great litmus test for all of us. If you find yourself thinking you need to share information with someone else about, uh, about someone else, ask yourself this question. Would I want someone sharing similar information about me if I weren't around? Wouldn't that be great? We see in scripture that the principle of the golden rule by Jesus, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Before you talk about someone else, that we would ask the question, would I want someone saying these words about me? Listen to the way the Message Bible translates the golden rule by Jesus. Luke chapter 6, here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. I like that. Listen, here's the real issue. When it comes to complaining, criticism, or gossip, here's the real issue. It's not your mouth that gets you into trouble. We always think, oh, my mouth got me in trouble. It's not our mouth Scripture would show us this. The problem is our broken, sin-stained heart. That's the problem. Jesus said it this way. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's inside of us oftentimes comes out of us. So rather than just sewing our lips shut, the issue really takes place in our heart. And this is what happens. This is why we gossip. 
Let's be honest. Yes, we, we love the news. We, we love the juicy tidbit. But, but really, this is the core of what's happening in our heart. When we gossip about other people, we never gossip about good stuff either, do we? You always gossip about bad stuff. When you gossip about bad stuff, you talk bad about other people. This is what happens. Something in your heart goes That's tearing them down, and that's building me up. I feel better about myself talking bad about them. Right? Isn't that what we're doing? I feel better about, I'll go, well, at least I'm not doing what so-and-so's doing. At least I'm not acting like so-and-so. Did you hear about that? Well, at least we're not doing that. And we tear them down, and we build them up. But that is not what God calls us to. The gospel isn't when you become a little weaker, meaning the other person, when they become a little weaker, I become stronger. No, the gossip, I mean, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ proclaims, I am weak, but he is strong. And in him, I find my strength. Not in stepping on other people. Here's the bottom line. Ephesians tells us this, friends, brothers and sisters. We are the workmanship of God. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. That God designed you with a design and a purpose. And that purpose is to be his hands extended, to be his words to the people around you. Therefore, there's no need for you to put other people down to feel loved and accepted because you are unconditionally loved and accepted by the one who created you. So the call for us as followers of Christ is to speak life in the people. Speak his words. Speak the words of Jesus into others. Speak words that bring joy and encouragement, love, support, and instruction. Speak those things. All of you have been around people who speak encouragement into your life. And what happens to you? You go, I want to be around those people. As followers of Jesus, extensions of him, we need to be the kind of people who speak the words of Jesus into others' lives. Think about it for a moment. Man, if you're working out of a, walking out of a store and someone goes, oh, I like that shirt. The next time you look in your closet, you go, oh, I get compliments on this shirt. Right? If you show up to have coffee with a girlfriend and she goes, oh, I love the way you've done your hair today. You go, next time I'm going to do my hair like that. If you're at work and situation happens and someone speaks to you and goes, you know, the way you handle yourself, there's just, you, you have a way about you, the way you kind of uh, organize your words, you diffuse that situation, yeah, that, that's a gift. That was, you handled that well. There's something inside you go, well, that was good. That was nice. Thank you. Listen, you have no idea what people are going through. And your words of love, support, encouragement, your desire to be the words of Jesus to edify others might make the difference in their entire day. You don't know at home, they may get beat up. 
their job, they may get criticized. Uh, in their own mind, they may allow the enemy to just tell them lies and lies and lies and lies. And you come along and you could be the words of Jesus to help that person. Speak joy, speak encouragement, speak love. Speak instruction. And if you're not, if that's not your DNA, then be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed. Repent of that and fix it in the name of Jesus. Because this world is too dark for the church to be kicking people. We already have enough of that. Our church, our followers of Christ, need to be light. Speak Jesus over people. Let me talk to us as a church. You see, the issue of complaining, criticizing, gossip isn't just an individual issue. For many churches, it's a church-wide issue. And often, as members of the body, we speak poison within the church about people, about ministries, about leaders. And those words can be really destructive and can be really discouraging. You know, there are pastors who are leaving the ministry by the bunches all across the country. Since COVID, they just go, you know what, I'm going to do something else with my life. Churches have been so discouraging to people. Remember, your tongue has life and death in it. If you're not bringing joy, if you're not bringing encouragement, if you're not bringing love, if you're not bringing support, then you're not bringing Jesus. And as a follower of Christ, you are called to bring Jesus into every situation, into every circumstance. This past year, our church has been tested in the area of criticism, complaining, and gossip. I'd be afraid to see what our grade was in those areas. We haven't done stellar. But push come to shove. This is a family. It's not a perfect family, but this is our family. We're called to defend. We're called to be the example of Jesus. We're called to care for one another, brothers and sisters in Christ. So my prayer for this fall is rather than complaining that we'll ask for God's perspective, rather than criticizing we'll become a part of the solution, and rather than gossip, we'll learn to pray for one another, be the family of God. All around this place for a moment, would you just stand with me? Maybe with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you go, you know, this is an area that I'm just not good in. This is an area that I find myself being tripped up. This is an area the last six, eight months, the last six, eight years, whatever it might be. Man, I just, the enemy just gets a hold of me and I just, I just go places where I shouldn't. Today, just for a moment, would you just repent? Heavenly Father, forgive us. Forgive me for allowing my mouth and and more importantly, as your scripture reveals to us, my heart, out of the abundance of my heart, that's what I need to change. I, I need you to change my heart, God, that my words would be glorifying to you, but, but more than my heart, my life would be glorifying to you. 
And I pray this morning in the name of Jesus that we would become mouthpieces, we become spokespersons for you, Jesus, that we would speak the words of Jesus over our families, over our communities, over our work associates, over those we go to school with. I pray, Lord God, that we would speak hope and encouragement, that we would speak support, that we would speak, Lord God, words that would bring uh, uh, joy into people's lives. I pray that when people are around us, they would see you. You know, in every relationship, when there's a season of difficulty, uh, one or two things happen. Think about it in any relationship you've ever had. When hard times comes, either there's a splintering, where something is broken and lost, or there's a, a glue, there's a solidifying that takes place where you connect stronger than ever before. My prayer is this, that for our church, this season, this fall, as we move into a new school year, as we head towards Thanksgiving and Christmas, and and this new season, this church would be united in ways that we've never experienced before. Say, how does that happen? I mean, you think about our, our church, our church is diverse. You have people who come from different backgrounds. You have locals, you have come here, you have people who have different education backgrounds, people who have different social and economic backgrounds, people, I mean, you got Redskin fans and Raven fans. You got people who are yet to mature in the faith who are Eagles fans. You got, I mean, you got different likes. You got people who go antiquing. You got people who are into boating. You got people who golf. You got people who knit. And I mean, we're so very, very different. What unites us? Christ. That's what makes us a family. That we all come together under the banner of Jesus. We all come from lost places. Some of our stories are known. Some of our stories are private. We hope that it's never known. But we have a Savior who unites us. And not just unites us as a church, but the Bible says that when we come to faith in Christ, that we are adopted into a family. That now we become brothers and sisters under the banner of dad. He's the one who connects all of us. He's the reason we come together. He's the reason that for those who are followers of Christ, that one day we will spend eternity, not just with him, but with us, the family. And listen, some of you don't like each other enough to get through one hour. How are you going to get through forever? Brothers and sisters in Christ, this is what unites us. Heavenly Father, our prayer is this. Unify us in you that we would accomplish the purpose of why you put us here. I pray, God, in the weeks and months to come that we would see, Lord, you work in our church in ways like we'd never imagined. 
I pray, Lord God, there would be a sense of your power and your presence in our church. I I pray, Lord God, that we would be able to to serve and minister and pray with people uh, over these three services like we never imagined. I pray, Lord God, that lost people in these last days would come to you. And I pray, Lord God, that the joy of the Lord would be in us, that our words would be your words everywhere that we go, in this church and outside of this church. For your glory we pray. Amen.